make great pets We'll make great pets Welcome to the first episode of a Smashing Pumpkins podcast. This is Flower CZR. That's the name of the podcast. What you just heard was I Am One uh, with an intro, Pets, by uh, Porno for Pyros, just because we thought the two songs went together fairly well. And it was performed by my guest for today and a co-host. And we have two other co-hosts here to introduce as well. First, I'm going to start to my left. And Greg, please introduce yourself for the first episode. Hi, my name is Greg. <laughs> That's Greg. Keep, and uh, we also have Ryan Stubbs. Hello. And Matt Smith. Hi. And our guest, Noah Klein, for today. Greetings. So this is actually a re-recording of our first episode. People familiar with the Flower CZR catalog, which most people are, is that the later episodes had took on various co-hosts as we went along. And now we wanted to re-record the first episode more representative of what the podcast later became. But what? Uh, how would you explain it to the people that have listened to episodes already and then are coming back to this re-recorded first episode who, who are already familiar with all of the hilarious um, catchphrases, one-liners, characters that we do, and, and they're having to come back and start at square one but they've, uh, they're already what? used to all of these things, so how do we explain it to those, those For them, people? it's a bonus, because, let me be honest, our first episode was really crappy. <laughs> it was... Uh, well, I don't think it was crappy necessarily because of the content or uh, who was on the podcast. I think it was mainly uh, just technical inadequacy, and I think things really turned around when we got someone here that actually knew what they were doing as far as... Uh, being able to record and like the the engineer the engineering side of it was really uh under researched i would say by the by the host I mean, well, that, that's the content was so good that I, we're actually going to be reading from a script you didn't yeah. get the script right <laughs> so we're just going to read the first podcast i usually just get i the mean script. is that really yeah. what made the later episode so much better than the first talking about engineering <laughs> yes i think that's i think it was ratings rating systems boring engineering Oh. All of the tech talk that we that we like to get into. But and I'm glad that we never got off on any tangents whatsoever about any topics not related to the Smashing Pumpkins because yeah. I want to be clear, this is strictly Smashing yeah. Pumpkins. That's why never do we over. get off yeah. on any yeah, we're tangents cut, whatsoever. We're starting over to we're be much more all strict of that. about that. Yeah, cutting all of that. People, all the responses that we got, people wanted to hear just about the Smashing Pumpkins and they didn't want to hear all of that. And it's going to be a lot of music the theory. Bull crap. Oh, yeah. So that being said, yeah. this is episode one, but it's not really episode yeah. one. It's going to show up as episode one when you download your podcast, Fire Sees the Hour. But really, we are going back and doing this. And so you f should familiarize yourself with perhaps ep later episodes four, five, and six. Yeah. So they should listen to later episodes before going back and listening to well, this. Well, no, we're first. giving them a preface right now. So it's, it's well, basically, episode one. Nobody's going to If you're listening see it. right now, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Go and listen to the later episodes. And work and backwards. Then come back and listen to the first episode. Much like the Star Trek trilogies. The, it's a reimagining. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But which Star Trek trilogy? The new one? 
Actually, Star Wars. Star Isn't Wars, it Star I Wars? It's that. four, five, and six, hey, and then they go back and do one, I two, three. I don't know. All I do is play sports. I don't know You're sci-fi You're talking to movies. a table full of jocks here. Yeah, yeah, I know. We talked about that extensively in the last podcast. Your baseball abilities. Yeah. Hey. You're not familiar with baseball. All right. Stop listening. Go listen to the podcast where we listen to the base, <laughs> where we have talk your about marching baseball. orders. We have You'll some hot stove. You'll, you'll understand hot that. Stove. We can't stress this enough. Stop listening right now. <laughs> Oh. What are some of the ground rules? I guess then we can talk about some segments right. and uh, it, our, it, you know Tim As likes to, is, to swear a lot, so we always have to edit those out. No, I leave it that gets in. very blue. I leave that in, but yeah. So going back to this being a re-recording, one thing we established later on that we did not establish in episode one is the rating system that Greg came up with. And in brief, very very briefly, Greg, please tell us about the rating system. We're timing you. Okay, essentially. Most people have grading systems that are on a scale, and so uh, to honor that scale, I have a scale of one to five. The only difference being that it's really a scale of one to four, and five means that it's critically a song. That, you know what? I don't want to describe this. Matt, go ahead and uh, describe my rating system. Okay, we're gonna wow, really put on the spot here. I think I could summarize it quickly. Please do. We're going to rate each song as we go. And basically, Greg does not have an iPod with enough memory on he it. He doesn't have and enough Therefore, gigs. he has to come up with a rating system to determine which tracks have the hollowed ground of being able to be on his iPod. Yeah, it's like a pass or fail scale. Mm-hmm. So pass is a five, and four and below is fail. However, but you still grade it. You still grade one through fours because, you know, a song might be really good. It's a four. It's a great song. It just does not have what it takes to make it onto my iPod. Is well, the, it's important is, for the averaging <clears throat> out of the albums, correct? Because some albums end up averaging out to being able to be on your iPod. Yeah, if, and, and you also have albums where there's a lot of really great songs, mm-hmm. but you just never, they don't make it on the iPod because well, there's no the one system, song. Is the system equivalent to uh, the uh, amount of music in your record in your record collection to the uh, or the, is the ratio uh, correct? Right. So, like, uh, where are we how going? Many, so, how, we many, go? how many gigs? Yeah, like, how many gigs do you have? That's what I'm trying to get at. I have 160. Okay, and then how many gigs would you say your entire record collection is? Oh 160 is, 160 is my 160. And that's okay. I actually the have point of this. I have multiple. Explain it was to have it be succinct and not have some super technical bullshit. I actually have. <laughs> I have two collection stubs. I have one copy ripped at 192 kilobytes per okay, second, and then okay. I also have them ripped down at. Do you see what you've done? That's a whole nother. Guess, yeah, that's a whole. I guess where uh, I should just quickly factor. interject that I brought my own rating system to bear this oh, evening. Great. Actually, oh, wow. I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Wait, is this rating system going to carry through? In the the rest, yeah, it's going to carry through because it was established in episode four or five, so we got to make it match. This but episode the new one r- matched up with four and Noah five later is br- on. Is bringing in a new rating system right I now. That's going to be I'm actually, so. That's I mean, not I'm, as you guys are retrofitting. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to move on old from my slash new rating system. <laughs> we need a new system. Maybe right. we should have thought through um, doing a re-recording the first episode a little no, bit more. This is going to work fine because it'll all like. Time is a loop, right? How about just It'll one work. through five? It's a flat circle. It's yeah. a flat circle. Yeah. Forget about my iPod. Um, but there's also so, another, there's another rating system. Every time we get done with a song, I rate Stubbs's comments on the song on the same scale, but it's but just it's a reverse. Yeah. Yeah. One it's an inverse five. system. Yeah. But I don't think we, we noted that under Greg's system, a five means it's on the iPod, and everything below a five is not on the iPod. But so that doesn't it takes, mean it sucks. It doesn't mean it's terrible, but it's, it doesn't, you know... 
he does he only has a limited amount of gigs, Great. even though All we established right. that Scale he has one to five. amount we of gigs as his entire collection. So that doesn't really make no, sense. No, I only have 16 yeah. gigs, but you can only use 14 of the 16. Oh, yeah, because of all that <laughs> Apple bloatware, right? Nope. <laughs> Let's save oh that for God. our Apple podcast. I uh, what's Noah's, you guys what's so Noah's much new, right uh, What's Noah's new... Uh, <laughs> Uh, system. Well, I'm very happy you asked. Ryan. And can you please give it in the most hyper technical terms possible? Well, it that actually will bore the shit this, out of everybody. This this scale, the uh, the origin of this of this rating system actually goes back to my own origin story with Smashing Pumpkins. Ooh, and yeah. it dates back to my freshman year of college, where uh, I was uh, I had a roommate who listened to Gish all the time, mm-hmm. and his name was Frank. And Frank was from Pittsburgh. Here's a little added detail to sort of round out the picture. So whenever here. like you were hooking up with a chick, you'd put Gish on, so Frank knew not to well, come in the room. Well, it was Frank's CD, <laughs> and Frank would listen to Gish all the time, mm-hmm. and I would designate tracks that I liked on a scale of that Frank really enjoyed listening to this particular track. So a very good track would be an F. And if I didn't like the track, if I was somewhat apathetic about it, it would be an A. So just to briefly recap, great track, Wait, F. So it's a reverse Terrible scale. track, I'm A. Wait this a is second. Way too I see technical. what he's doing there. No, this, this is like Tim's rating scale of my comments. Mm-hmm. So it fits. Yeah. It's F. opposite. F for Frank. I'm rating mm-hmm. things F for Frank. <laughs> if, it's a really, if it's a really outstanding track, F+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a... <laughs> There's a segment we always do on Flower Season Hour. It's a very popular segment called What Have You Been Up To Since the Last Recording? What have you been up to lately? Oh, man. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt is here to keep things Matt's moving. Matt's got somewhere along. to be. He's got somewhere to be, so he's trying to keep it moving. <laughs> Definitely does. Anywhere to be. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. So you asked me what I was up to, Matt. Wait, I did, for, should we? And this was a segment <laughs> I wanted to get through to everybody's um origin stories so we've heard noah's uh smashing we already we've gone through our origin stories later on oh we didn't on the but in the first if you're traveling through time but we're not doing doing it note for note bro (laughs) i have said that this is just because the first one had technical difficulties somebody should have thought this through there's nothing to think through (laughs) just do it again we're talking about gish this time and we're trying to lay the groundwork and saying like this will show up as number one but we talk about things that occurred in episodes four five and six perhaps and three this is getting confusing only if you're an idiot (laughs) there are multiple timelines to this podcast (laughs) yeah this is sort of like how let it be was recorded before abbey road but released after abbey road so it's very confusing for the consumer that's a much better analogy so this is let it be episode one let Let it it be be. tim what have you been up to well, it's funny you asked that, Greg, because just two nights ago, I went up to Philadelphia to see a, a band, and I went up, it was me and my wife, and we went up with this other couple, and the Are weird, you sure you even want to bring this up? <laughs> I do. <laughs> so, when you're traveling with another couple, you would think when you're both spending the night that you would get, like, each get your own hotel room, right? Like, sure. A couple has its own room. And you wouldn't expect when one half of the team, you're, you know, one couple is in charge of booking the hotel, and one couple is in charge of getting the t- concert tickets, let's say, for example, the couple in charge of the hotel would just assume we were all staying in one room together and book a, be- a room with two beds. I mean, let's also say that we're in our, in our late 30s now, mid to late 30s. Uh, let's say hypothetical. Objection leading. 
I mean, that was fine. I just think that's very strange. And so I asked this couple, like, what so the hell was I going don't, on? I don't know. Like, let's say let's it isn't cost a factor here. So we're in a world where people have some sort of limitation on the amount of money that they can spend. And well, let's we're say we're in a world where we're in our thirties with careers. Let's we have right. we don't have to live college. Some of us anymore. are living off the these podcast royalties, all right? And those are not coming <laughs> and doing in, very okay? well. Yeah. And especially when I take the majority of the royalties. <laughs> yeah. Tim, have you thought exactly. about this other couple couple is listening to this podcast? They're gonna have their oh, feelings hurt. That's something I should say. The other couple was Ryan Stubbs and his fiance. <laughs> yes. And that was the odd part about this whole thing is that I hadn't shared a room with you a couple. You should have revealed that at the end in a of long, the podcast. Oh, that was the this, big reveal. Wow. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I know. That was, <laughs> is that why the story is interesting? It's a massive spoiler to the story. I just thought it was weird because have you shared a room with another couple in years? You have to like change in front of each other. And what if the other couple's fooling around? But it, it actually it worked out pretty well. What if I may, what were the sleeping arrangements? Stubbs? And me Tim, and Stubbs yeah, in one, one bed, bed, and then the women in another bed. Anyone else <laughs> been up to anything awkward or cool? Yeah, I've been busy uh, working on pre-production for an album uh, that I'm going to be recording for this band called Light Arms. They're from D.C. Mm. Uh, Lightarms.bandcamp.com. They're starting uh, to record their second album. It's shaping up to be a full length, so I've been kind of getting the tracks ready. There's been to... some buzz on that band. I've kind of heard it. Around and about. This is kind of a sh- yeah, some bad buzz, plug. Some buzz like, are they still a band? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought it was strange there was no practice schedule for this weekend, and now I find out that two, two-thirds of the members of Light Arms in this room were taking secret trips without me to... <laughs> See concerts that I might have oh, been did, interested in. Did you want in. to be the third couple oh. in the room? I would have you flown. Life, I would have flown in the room. There was plenty of room in the, in the <laughs> yeah. hotel room. There was another bed. We could have There's gotten another the bed available in that room. Greg, do you know what it's like being like we're married couples? He's not married yet. They're still go, they're it. going at it like rabbits the whole night. Yeah, <laughs> it's very awkward. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just like newlyweds. Basically, Tim, do you mind holding this camera for one second? Yeah. Well, I mean, we thought you guys were into a more um, open, liberal lifestyle. I mean, I am, but mm. my wife, no way. Okay. Should we get Mary Scott? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was on another trip to Canada, and that was another thing I wanted to bring up. Was, uh, fuck, You've been up to a lot fuck lately. Fuck you two guys, because... <laughs> I had my phone off because I don't have international service. Oh, oh yeah, we were blowing that, that thing up. Awesome. And they were charging Greg and Stubbs tons of money to my phone by texting <laughs> me incessantly. <laughs> and I knew it because I had been to Canada fairly recently and was upset by the 50 cents a message that you get um, yes. per text message. And they were texting me about Gish, which I don't want to hear about when I'm in Canada because <laughs> I'm actually not a big fan of this record. And we're not Whoa. quite to the record. What? Yeah, You're not yeah. going to give every song a five? No. Or an F? Yeah. So <laughs> for those of you listening as episode one for the first episode, this would be a good time to point out that Tim basically just gives everything a blanket five across the board. So not there really true. is no need for That's the actual breakdown of the yeah. album from Tim. We usually just mute his mic. Yeah. I think we need more of an intro about what... Uh, all of our relationships are to Smashing Pumpkins, especially Tim as being, I would say, the primary host and you know um, cover that founder of, of the show. We cover that. I don't. I. Greg got introduced by Captain Stabbin. Matt through his mom. But how did, you through? Um, yeah, we didn't cover. We talked about it in the first episode. Oh yeah. Okay. Go ahead. 
I, I'm not ready to talk. You go. You go. <laughs> no, we already. Um, mine was basically the Todd story, and already recording later episode. Oh, but I thought there was more to that. Um, no. Okay. All right. Well. No. So we can do you and we can, uh, Noah was with okay. Frank. Noah was with Frank. All right, Smashing Pumpkins. Why did I? When did I first start? Why um, did you bring this up so, if you weren't ready to talk well, about no, it? It's not as Are much you about to it's kill not, the show. It's not. Yes, <laughs> yes, and um, he's a mole well, for there, another. There was, I, I want. I want to talk about why, like, why it's interesting to do this uh, podcast from your perspective. Actually, maybe you've right, been skating around this. You've been skating around this issue the entire time. Oh. You're not willing to talk about your relationship to Smashing Pumpkins and why they're an important band to you. But that's like part of the whole reason we're doing the podcast, right? So, why why can't we just talk about this, Tim? I mean, well, like, there's nothing to say. They just were kicked a lot. Well, of what was the first? Of, what was the first Smashing Pumpkin song anyone heard? Because before my before my time with Frank listening to Gish. Over and over again. Those were beautiful times. They were. The Halcyon days. I'm picturing it in my head right now. So am I. Two young bucks, freshman year in college. Just listening to Hemisphere and Gish. Getting some late night Taco Bell. The late night bagel store, actually. It was very unique. <laughs> but the first, the first uh, Smashing Pumpkin song I heard was Drown off of Me too. singles. Yep. And mm. I picked up the soundtrack, and it was a killer soundtrack. Yeah, and so I amazing thought, soundtrack, and I thought that singles at the time was going to be this really intense mm-hmm. movie about the grunge scene in Seattle, and much to my dismay at the time, mm-hmm. it turned into a uh, romantic comedy that yeah. really bored me to tears. Yeah. But I still loved it because it was it was at that time when grunge was kind of at its height or pinnacle um, as like a pop culture, nice, or as part of like the you know um, mm-hmm. cultural. Um, Zeitgeist. Um, so uh, I, w- I think I was in middle school or something like that when that came out, and uh, "Drown" was the first song that I heard, and it was you know it was that song, and so they were kind of they were part of that whole thing, kind of being yep. on that soundtrack, right? So they were with Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, and there's actually some Paul Westerberg tracks. Yeah, that those are sound. great songs. They yeah. are great songs. And yeah. uh, what else is on that soundtrack? Alice in Chains. I love the, um, uh, what is the, yeah, Alice in Chains. Off with the end is the beginning is the end. Oh, that's the Batman Forever soundtrack. <laughs> and the first so, Cornell solo but, track, yeah, which is so this, killer. This song is great, yeah. too. But, but that drown, so that drown song is amazing, and it's like this kind of it was a, a little more subdued kind of smashing pumpkin song. And it was foreshadowing to all it. of the rest of the pumpkins being mm-hmm. amazing. Screaming Trees, yeah. I believe, is on the soundtrack. yeah. yeah. Mud Honey, and maybe? That song, Seasons, I learned how to play it on guitar. You have to tune your guitar up really high to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a great track. Yeah. But so, I mean, it. this would, like, in, in our sort of age group, uh, this music was really important, right? And really formative as being, like, in in that sort of age when music is that way, right? Yeah. And so, so like, this short. soundtrack and Smashing Pumpkins was, like, part of that. But so what we'll hear about as we go through into later episodes is kind of the sad fall of Smashing Pumpkins as being mm, <laughs> something sad fall <laughs> money being fame. part of that. They just released know? an album two months ago. Two critical acclaim. Really? Oh yeah. I think <laughs> okay. Pitchfork uh, gave it like a nine point nine. Uh, so drown. So that was your first, the first yes. song that you yes. heard. Um, and it fit in very well. It fit in very well with the rest of the album. 
that it's easy to loop smashing pumpkins mm-hmm. into that yeah. that whole grunge genre. And and also, so there was those other huge bands, right? Like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden at the time when this came out. And so you're like, of course, I love those bands. This and then you're like, there, yeah, Pearl Jam. oh, who is this other band smashing pumpkins with this awesome song right. at the end of this right. track? I've, I but must really like those, these guys. Those bands don't sound sincere like smashing pumpkins. <laughs> they're not earnest Right you know? They all kind of sound like They're trying They're just so like ironic Pearl Jam and Nirvana Sound like they're yeah. trying too hard And the Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> Always came from like A place of deep yearning Well like. all of Pearl Jam's Lyrics are ironic um, Or just jokes right And Smashing Pumpkins And everything That Billy writes Is uh, very earnest Billy Corgan has some uh, Yeah great lyrics As we'll talk about Time and time again <laughs> And actually, the title of this podcast, Flower Sees the Hour, is taken from a Smashing Pumpkin lyric from Gish from the song Snail, which we're yeah. going to cover shortly. But, the, but he says, Flower Sees the Hour. Yeah. Since this is the first episode, I think I remember laying some groundwork for Smashing Pumpkins. We all know the four main characters, right? Billy, Billy Boy, and there's three other people in the band, too that he writes all the parts for and plays all the parts for. So, well, let's introduce Jimmy Chamberlain as well. He is the drummer. He, he's awesome. He really is a big part of the band. Otherwise, uh, say James Eha and DRC. Darcy, as some people say, incorrectly. And by some people, we mean basically everybody but Tim. As, I think we confirmed that it's Darcy a by long By some time people, ago. I mean Darcy and Billy both call The apostrophe Darcy. is silent. I know, that's so lame. Why do you put it in there? Right. I called her DRC for years. Even shouting to her on stage when I was in like She never bullpen. corrected you? That's really yeah. polite of her. I know. I'd be like, DRC, here's my number. And she wouldn't do anything. Probably because I was saying the wrong name, right? <laughs> ah, so listening, opener, so like listening, listing the names. Listing <laughs> that was the before names. I was professional PUA, <laughs> which stands for pickup artist, everybody. You know, I think, I think something that would be neat to point out, too, is not everybody at this table is like a huge fanboy smashing pumpkins fan like it's in kind fact of, very few are yeah. around this table as Dude, we've learned there's, there's no fanboys there's there's people that appreciate smashing pumpkins and people who have yet to be enlightened but I, you know i think like if looking at a podcast like this you think oh a podcast about so-and-so subject everybody at the table is going to be an expert in that subject and they're going to have like important like opinions Greg, about that and i Greg, think it's actually I, not the case and that's what actually is really good about this yeah how it how it usually goes is i will say something uh negative about the pumpkins and incendiary then, and then uh tim will say something personally negative about me <laughs> stub is a plumicist people the uh the ultimate contrarian and matt's here to keep everything on track when stubs goes on and talks about rush for <laughs> and to talk about sports yeah when Isaac talk about my sports history. Yeah. Just another thing that's probably good to, to mention in the beginning here, and now that we're back in the beginning, is, still is the beginning? that... Yeah, right. um, I just mentioned the four the band member names. The and beginning just, is in the beginning of the podcast, the first episode. Yeah, right? this is the first episode, but technically it's like seven. Yeah. So so listing the band number, member names, that's also something that uh, Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott do in uh, You Talking You Too to Me. You motherfucker. Why do you have to bring this up every time? Big time ripoff over here. It's a huge ripoff. We admit that. Yeah. So, I mean, we should... We bring our own unique personalities mm, to the table. Yeah. But I would say, you know, for someone that's unfamiliar with this type of podcast, that's kind of what it is. It's a... (laughs) People, a bunch of jerks sitting around talking about a band, but not really talking about them. And that's what it is. 
Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. If you think you're tuning in to get like in-depth knowledge about, you know, track four off of such and such album. and No, but I think you're we do. You're going to get it. You're yeah, going to get it. Get yeah. it. Yeah. We're going to go to songmeaning.com and read the comment section about the lyrics. <laughs> but that's why we bring in guests like yeah. Noah who can diagnose the song and pick yeah. it apart. Yeah. And that's why we're starting over because if you are coming here to get Smashing Pumpkins knowledge, you've come to the right place. And that's what we're going to get into. Do, I never heard the U2 one. Do they, is, is it, that it, like a legit like uh, discussion about U2 or is it similar no, they're, to this they're nonsense? Pro- they're professional uh, comedians and they do a very funny, great podcast where they uh, talk about U2 kind of, but they joke around mostly. Oh, was that, was it Comedy Bang both, Bang? One, one of them yeah, yeah, where they had the, uh, but there was also, there was uh, like they did a fake Smashing pump or no, a fake, um, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers song and it was oh yeah so, that was on Comedy Bang Bang that was, was so greatly fake that it like seemed like a real that was when they were coming to play the Super Bowl or oh, something right. like that that really was that was John do you Daly. have that I don't have that but John Daly did that song and um, it does sound just it like, like a mad, it was like a song. and he just like rattles off Californian uh-huh. locations yeah. <laughs> and it just really shows how stupid the Chili Peppers are nowadays which was very funny I thought but speaking of that. I did find some other funny song today. And do you know that tonight on HBO, they're doing like a Scientology documentary? Yeah, I have it recorded. Yeah, I'm DVRing as well because I'm obsessed with Scientology. <laughs> I listened to that. that was um, but here's... I'm debating joining and I'm going to watch the uh, documentary and help me make my decision about what I oh, do tomorrow. We should, so. We're going to... That's hot stove some Scientology. Yeah. Because, uh, Is that yeah, why you have to... Talk, let's talk some Xenu here. <laughs> but so Tim Heidecker did this really funny song about Scientology, which I was listening to today, because he posted it on Facebook. I guess he recorded it a couple of years ago. But just because the documentary is airing tonight, he reposted it. Scientology That's the plan for me I'm getting my whole family involved kind of have to see the video. Yeah, the video is very yeah. good, too, because it has all the, the electrolysis and out, like, tests they have going on in the background and stuff. And, I can't um, even hear the lyrics. It, you can hear that? I can't hear it at all. So those fancy Bose earbuds you have, and they, they, yeah. they blank out any kind of um, weird uh, religious, uh, scientific... Religious, what is it? Yeah, I mean, so he's basically saying like Scientology. That's the plan for me. I'm getting my whole family involved, and he's, he keeps talking about Tom Cruise and Dianetics at the end. <laughs> it's weird you bring that up, Tim, because I actually went into a uh, Wikipedia rabbit hole oh, slash YouTube I rabbit you were hole. Tell me you went into a Scientology center. No, but I have almost as you good. have. Okay, well then, forget Ooh. my story. Let's go ahead and jump right into. Actually, no, did you go to the one story. in Dupont Circle? No, this was uh, actually in Vancouver, Canada. Wait, before you yes. go, uh, mine's mine's not good, so I'll just get it. I'll get it. Mine's not good either. So oh, we'll have two it, two not good ones. It was really row. weird. I went into the one in Dupont Circle because I actually wanted to take the test, just kind of like see what's going on with this. Mm-hmm. And well, they must have they must have been able to read me because they shut down. They would not have anything to do with me. They wouldn't talk really? to me. Yeah, they were real rude, real dismissive. Wow. Yeah, because I was you, thinking, Greg, I was like, dude, this is going to be awesome. They looked at you and you were like, this is you some sarcastic You got rejected by the Scientologist. Greg, right you know what it is? It's not that they thought you were like going to tear down their whole system. It's they saw that you were dead broke. <laughs> and they, they, saw your dis- they saw your disheveled clothing that you're wearing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I can't even get into a cult. Like, yeah. they didn't want anything to do yeah. with me. Your Mediterranean count was going to be too By low. the way, for y'all tweeting me now, I did not call Scientology a cult. 
But like, it's all about money and layers. So they want someone who can pay. And that's, that's exactly so, what. So do. mine is, I walked in and they so what, just, they, they, they immediately tell, hey, this guy's going to take down our whole system. Yeah, He's too no. smart. Close it down. That was Greg's takeaway. <laughs> this <laughs> guy's going to outsmart our whole. This system. is Greg's last night before he heads to South America <laughs> yeah, right. with the uh, People's Church. I'll be looking at some tinted glasses as they <laughs> we pack me in the back of the van. Yeah. We've cool. infiltrated the FBI. I got tax exempt status. Is that purple Kool-Aid? Sure. <laughs> this Greg is going to just take so us stubs, down. Give, give me, give me your uh, situation. Uh, so so I, I've been on a lot of spiritual journeys, man. And, that's because you're, uh, you're a seeker. Yeah, you you're know, I try to find I try to find the truth, right? Like, and that's what we're all looking for here in this podcast. Well, because you're just a very right? unhappy to, person. You always are searching. Hey, for there's a lot of mysteries in life. There's a lot of things that we all want to figure out, you know. And uh, hey, I think you just I'm, it I'm good, I'll be the first to admit that I don't have all the answers, right? <laughs> you know. A lot of I people do. look at me and they say, hey, you've been through a lot of a lot of things. Yeah, your face tells a vicious story. <laughs> you, how could your, one your have lived awful, awful through all of that pain that you're showing in your twisted, <laughs> twisted your face? your crow's feet and your jowls. So I don't really have much to say about it other than we. Uh, it was me and two two friends and we got all of our, uh, we got our tests back and... Uh, you failed. You go <laughs> and you start to, we failed, yeah. And then... And, uh, you got an they, A on the Frank scale. There's a guy that will, um, at least uh, when we went and what I remember from it, there's a person that will kind of show you your results and there's a little graph and say, oh, you're, you know, you're high here and you're low here. And if, you know, you read Dianetics and blah, 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 you can get more in balance. And it just, it seemed even at that young, naive age, it seemed totally it awesome seemed to you. Totally <laughs> awesome. And so I signed up and... <laughs> That's why that was my how I made my first million in real estate. <laughs> so when you walked in, they gave you the test. They didn't think you were going to blow up the whole system, like Greg. Yeah, no, they, they didn't turn you away. They welcomed like, stuff with open arms. Yeah. Well, this was in Canada, and so uh, oh, this was, I was the Canadian Scientology. Yeah, oh, that's a Canadian. totally different yeah, Scientology. Yeah. Okay, come and on, so in. I, you would roll a boot. Yeah, they said that, and All right, I take was off speaking. Now. I was speaking in my heavy American accent, and so they thought I was rich, which I was comparatively. To well, a heavy American Canadians. accent is rich. What if it was like a Southern accent? Still, compared to Canada, I mean, come on. It's so you're a different like, country. Uh, Canadian dollars. It about your Scientology. <laughs> 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 Sounds interesting. So that's not a, that's that a character I'm workshopping. That's okay, yeah. What's that character's that's name? That's called Monocle Monopoly Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's Mr. Moneybag. Uh, yeah. There's so actually let's a, get um, going. There's actually a great quote that I found on Wikipedia. I love all those sources. I know. You know what? No, I forgot to say is that we do always start the, every album with a quote. So oh, this great. Is great. This is great. This is that's the finest crowdsourced um, information here. But it had to do with the background of this quote uh, was the introduction of Jimmy Chamberlain to the band and really the uh, the jazz style of drumming that he brought to the mix. Mm. And Billy commented at that time. That prior to Jimmy Chamberlain, quote, we were completely into the sad rock cure kind of thing. It took about two or three practices before I realized that the power in his playing was something that enabled us to rock harder than we ever could have imagined. I would like to see what direction that sad rock (laughs) cure music went into. Well, you can see that. It's like basically but whenever there's a James I, E. Hot track that's recorded, I think it's that's like a that sad sack. I think that's but a that's great. That's how they started out. I think that's a great quote because. 
you know, my overall take on Gish is that it rocks. Mm-hmm. It, this, was, this was a joy to revisit Gish. Oof. Um, oh, actually, let me uh, let me rephrase that. <laughs> we, first, let me rephrase that. The first three songs. I hate. That. I, uh, it's a little bit more accurate. I like the quote because he said, "We after that we rocked harder than you could have ever imagined," and that's how I end a lot of sentences. Tim's well, raising his hand right now. I think he has a comment. <laughs> Tim has a Tim, question. Yes, yes. I would like to Tim? speak, please. <laughs> Sometimes we're all talking at once. Let's yeah. Let's institute a new rule. You have yeah. to raise your raise hand. Your hand. Okay. Yeah. Can like we have something role. that you have to hold that? When you have it, it's your turn to talk. Like uh, the, 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 you have to squeak the squeaky my dog's toy. dog toy. <laughs> squeaky toy. Yeah. My um, cock. It's the conch. The dog toy will be the conch. <laughs> but uh, so the last time, I have notes from the very first time we did this album, Gish. The album is lost now for all time. I still have my notes from it. And we did start every album with a quote. This time is, thankfully, provided by Noah. It's a great quote. But the last However, time, the quote was, and I just love this quote. That's why I'm saying it again. It was uh, Bob Mould describing the Smashing Pumpkins, and he called them the grunge monkeys. The grunge version of the monkeys, because he spelled it with two E's, right. so he's saying it's the right. monkeys. It was yeah. a playful spelling of monkeys. And people yeah. say they monkey around. Yeah, and he was saying that that's what he thought of the Smashing Pumpkins. Meanwhile, Steve Albini said they are the new REO Speedwagon. <laughs> <laughs> So those are the quotes we introduced to the album yeah, last so nobody, time. So nobody really likes them, and nobody really respects them. And, well, these people you know, don't count. Kind of, Who cares yeah. about Bob Mould and Steve <laughs> yeah. Albini? Yeah. They've done anything think, yeah. for anyone. Yeah, not very many people respect those. There's like one good Who's Produced song. One song does not merit everyone to worship Bob You know Mould. what's interesting is a lot of major music outlets didn't even initially review Gish because they really weren't on the scene. They went back and did album reviews of Gish after Siamese Dream came right. out. It was on an indie label. Right. So they were an well, indie band. It they was... were a hardcore underground indie band at the time. Well, that was another thing that we talked about. <laughs> that uh, Are you going to bring that up again? That's why we're re-recording this because that was so boring. <laughs> They're an indie the, band. But they weren't actually like this <laughs> album was... Uh, Caroline were, Records. They put it out on Caroline Records which was like a subsidiary A virgin, of, right? Um, what was it? Is I think it's Virgin, Virgin Records, yeah. Yeah, Virgin, with the, they recorded Siamese Dream on. Because yeah, he, so Heat Miser was so, also on Carolyn Records. So they put it out on that label before they would put out a, another um, album because they were trying to give them more cred, you know? And that's, so they were, never, they were never really part of... I think that's, how you, that's your theory. That's not true, though. It was on Carolyn Records. I'm pretty sure that's true. They were an indie band. They, no, they And were they not, released Gish. No, they were always the Grunge Monkeys. <laughs> they were never like a just uh I, I guess maybe when it was Billy and James doing their um cure covers, maybe they were sort of an indie band then, but uh I don't think they were ever the cure. Oh, you know, they were never uh, part of the scene of the like kind of indie bands that were around and that's evidenced by uh how most people don't respect them as a band. Um well, I would people say, like, you know, Stephen Malkmus or Oh, I think that's something we covered in the first episode. Exactly, that's later on. Loves yeah. name dropping. <laughs> no, obscure <laughs> even think, though Stephen Malkmus is not. I think obscure, in later but. episodes I made us not talk about it anymore cuz we covered it so much in the first episode, which we're re-recording now. So go back in time but the, <laughs> the beef between yeah, pavement and smashing pumpkins the legendary beefing 
between pavement and the Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. So if you have any, diss them in lyrics to their songs. Yeah. On, uh, on the album Crooked Rain, Crooked like Rain. Like a rap battle. Mm-hmm. I believe the song was called Range they Life. Had a response. It was Range Life uh, on a mm-hmm. mixtape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. look where they're at now. Mm-hmm. They're a bunch of no good what jerks. Is, no one is, talks about pavement. Bunch of nobody. Yeah. Oh, a lot yeah. of people talk about pavement. Yeah. It's who? A great record. Not here. I'm gonna edit out if yeah. you start. Wowie Zowie was a great album. Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. You're like well exactly. So most like most people respect pavement a lot you're programmed now. to say that as an people, indie guy not very indie many guys people have respect. to say that okay okay and i had such a good zinger and uh, i just who's the gray-haired newscaster from cnn who stubs uh, anderson oh cooper. anderson cooper that was what my zing was gonna be you said nobody's heard of pavement i said anderson cooper's heard of that's pavement. because his intern passed him the note on it but see greg that episode hasn't happened yet oh yeah so nobody's gonna get my one. joke so it's a good thing i blew it that was a callback to episode five. I blew it on purpose. About Anderson Cooper's beef with Billy. He had a beef with Billy Did real it, briefly. Too. Anderson Cooper really call out uh, what, name name drop pavement. Yeah, that's when I made. Such you a, can hear the indie cred of pavement then. I know. Just that's crashing. I was, well, I was also saying well, Stubbs would argue the, the other way, or Tim would. Somebody, I have to go back and listen. No, what I was saying was that <laughs> I didn't think Anderson Cooper knew anything about pavement. He was like being fed that in his ear. Oh yeah, someone backstage J- was Tim just was like, pavement. No, it's my bloody pray. Valentine, wasn't it? Yeah, actually, it was my MBV. Am I the only one who's listened to this podcast? Yep. I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I'm. I'm, yes. I'm pretty glad that Noah brought up Jimmy Chamberlain. Uh, for this first song coming right out of the gate like my notes and my and the notes that I took when I was listening to this this is the quintessential Jimmy Chamberlain like right out of, this is your introduction to Smashing Pumpkins first, this is a very rock open but way very, to open and uh, uh, the first track on the album drums bass yeah. then you've got that great suspended F sharp chord from Hemispheres that was the other thing that I was also is saying my note for Pyros <laughs> that's that's accurate. That is also true. But Noah's also pointing out the layers. So, like, I think by this point, we have got, like, seven guitars. Like, this is where we're really starting to, right out of the gate, get a, a peek at, you know, what their career in their in the recording style is Well, Billy said that when he started working with Butch Vig, like, that's the two, that's why they worked together so well. They were both studio monkeys. They both love to sit there for hours and just tinker you know, away at things. There's a video for this song on YouTube. Yeah, it's crappy. It's very crappy, and it's done in a very psychedelic, it's yeah. shot with this very so weird psychedelic lame. kind of tinge. Their budget maybe wasn't that something. big back then. It's kind of like the yeah, tunnel ride. Because they were indie. It's kind of like, remind yeah, me of the tunnel ride in Willy really Wonka <laughs> and the uh, Chocolate Factory. I think it's good. I think, you know, unlike some of the other albums, uh, songs on the album that we'll get to, you know, I'm, I appreciate that they resisted the temptation to go on and on for six and a half, seven, eight, nine minutes on this one, you know, so... It, it, you know, it's, it's <laughs> you're not, giving them credit for not going on too well, long. It, it that's my biggest. Well, that's on. my biggest complaint. You know, we get to the seven minute point, and it's like, guys, come on, you got to wrap it up. Well, so. you want to talk great... about going on for a long time? How about the Warren Drugs album last year? How many tracks go six, eight, ten minutes? How about uh, Stubbs and Greg talking about Rush earlier? <laughs> going on for a long time. Yeah, that but went see, on a each, while too. But each part is interesting. But now it's, it's coming different. Back this is just you know, on a lot of the songs we'll see later on Gish, and I won't I won't get too far into it. But it's, you know, six and a half minutes of the same four chords with the right. same part. Yeah. Like, come right. on, guys. I let's agree. just wrap it up. But I, there, I think there's something about this album that uh, has a little more life to it or a little more um, honesty to it, maybe, than some of the some of the later stuff that they get into. You know, I, I going back and listening to this one, I, I think it um, is probably my favorite album. I should point out that yeah. this, that uh, per Wikipedia, that... Gish, the title Gish, 
come from a gish called wanda what that is true that is true sorry to steal your thunder that's okay joke a lot I had a I had a zinger that wasn't as good, but in actuality, it <laughs> oh, was pretty good. In actuality, it was memoirs of a geisha. Memoirs of a geisha. That was yeah. actually pretty more good. creative. You guys That's both really stole Noah's thunder right there. Each one of well, you jumped. I gave him. I stole Tim's. Well, actually, I'm, I'm I'm going to drop a little bit of knowledge. Uh, Big Gish. Okay, let me clear the table. That, Hold on. Like that movie, Big that Fish. Big Gish, Gish but was Gish. named after the silent movie star Lillian Gish. And that that is uh, that is story. crowdsourced oh, as, wow. as the most assiduous crowdsourced research that's on on the internet. Wow, that's really good though. I, that's finally some facts about the Smashing Pumpkins that we haven't gotten in this. Not uh, Annabeth uh, Gish, the actress yeah. from. Um, no, I mean, we covered how like James and Billy started off playing like Cure stuff. Yeah, but we didn't Jimmy. even talk about what Gish means. He finally, just, he just covered it. Yeah, finally. All right. Wow, <laughs> I should jump in. Uh, Frank was not. Just into Gish, he was also into Rusted Root. So <laughs> glad you dropped that knowledge. Simeon well, Simeon yeah. Lee. I'd like to send. I'd like to send them on their way. Simeon Craig, that was your cue as producer Simeon to Simeon play way. Rusted Root. I have no I, Rusted Root. It's like you're hearing in my it, though, collection. I'm, I'm singing it right? now. Uh, so I am one. I, this song's a four for me. Like mm. it's not blowing me away, but it's it's definitely really really good song. But I don't need to huh. have this access to this song on my desert island, which mm-hmm. is what a five is. This, yeah. I think the uh, guitar solo is killer. It's, it's great really solo. Really good. Really good solo. Um, on the strength of the solo, I'll give it a 2.5 under the stub we can't, scale. Remember, we can't do halves, Roll right? it up to three, Roll obviously. Roll up to a three. Yeah. On the scale, you have to round everything up. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead, please. I, I, no, please, go ahead. I enjoy this song. Your, I enjoy raise, this song immensely. <laughs> this, song, this song rocks. It's got... You know just how to play it on guitar. Outstanding drumming. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not just the guitar solo. They're the guitar solos that are interspersed through the breaks in the song, which yes. is a very rock thing to do. And uh, it's a great opener. I think that's uh, it's no accident that the first oh, yeah. the first track off this album is one that, that rocks pretty hard. Pumpkins know how to open, as per it. open an album. Billy they Corey. always have opened every album kick ass. Yep. But I thought you didn't like the piano so solo F, opening. F plus, F plus on, for this one. I love Melancholy. That. No, I love that. I oh, love, it was Greg who hated that. Yeah, Greg hates it. What's that? The piano solo opening on Melancholy that you don't like. Uh, you, you, let's get to the point, guys. You know, like we're going to go on this piano journey for why, the next 45 minutes. Why are you telling you know, an album to trying rush? To, an album is an ex- oral experience. You're supposed to like... Not for Stubbs. Stubbs I'm doesn't like, listen I'm to albums. That. That's Stubbs, what Frank said Stubbs to only streams top 40 singles from Spotify. <laughs> so if you hit... If that Spotify? Song com- I thought he used the Russian website where he... Where dot he, R-U. R-U. He uses Bitcoin. <laughs> he right? plays in Bitcoin. But you know, so that song comes up and you're stuck listening to a piano noodle for two and a half minutes. Some of us are living in the past some of us are living in the future right <laughs> that's is that why you can't afford to hotel rooms because russian hackers are all throughout your computer they don't you, take bitcoin you, you silly <laughs> stubs what do you think of this song numerically uh okay uh i i sort of like it uh i'll, I'll go with a, a three as Whoa. well i'm also kind of in uh just to echo matt's comments i agree and i think i said this on the uh first uh time that we did the same uh podcast uh that I, I feel like Billy Corgan is kind of the guy, like Matt, you said, it was any garage band in America, and somehow they're like lucky enough to <clears throat> have these albums. I also I compared it to like any guy in Guitar Center that's jamming. That's who I feel like Billy is. He's the kind of nerdy guy that's in Guitar Center that's really into riffing and jamming, and 
but somehow was lucky enough to have this record deal. But the thing that yeah, he gives guitar lucky. lessons for ten dollars an yeah, hour. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. Like I, I say, there's thousands and thousands of bands who are just as good no as the Smashing Pumpkins. They can write songs and, like this. Yes, Give yes. Why is there? Why is Why there other albums? Well, I think. Then? Well, I, I, I'm saying there's some sort of um, uh, production aspect of it that I think he's good at. Yeah, he um, elevates with and, his guitar and solos and, and the, the drumming solos and the production and like hey guys, for that's elevates what, it that's to what a, makes a level. Him, that's what makes it a band for a knowledge rate for a knowledge pulling back the curtain thing because I know like didn't Jimmy or um, James not play guitar in the studios on the other albums or do you guys? Well, no, this I um, feel, yeah, I feel like when you listen to a Smashing Pumpkins song that you're basically listening to Billy Corgan play every instrument except the drums except the drums. Mm-hmm. Is that the case on this early, the really early stuff too? Or yeah, I mean, per Wikipedia, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, What's the next? He track? tried to justify it later on by uh, just saying like, it was just cheaper for them to have him record all the guitars. He could do it quicker. He must have been a very fun bandmate. Yeah. I'm glad we were disclosing our sources. On oh, this, Tim! Uh, Tim gave uh, the first track a five, right? No, I gave it a three. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, this is this is what's going to be Whoa. weird about this one. Tim doesn't like this album, which is why, no, I, of I, course, I, I like this one. <laughs> I like this album, but it's just not in the pantheon of the other ones with me. It's more like it's something. Pantheon. It's like a freshman album, and the other ones are professionals. Yeah, because you like things that are very professional. What do you guys think of this second track? Again, I'm uh, I'm all about this. The first the first uh, several tracks of this album, I'm uh, I'm all about. I, this is a another great track, and this is a very good um, example of of Smashing Pumpkins and sort of what they offer because you've got that sort of you got that you got the nice riff with some nice jazz chords in there, and then yeah, that's as just you, so weird about it. it. You'll never ever hear jazz or blues chords again in the Pumpkins, basically. That's well, why you'll, this hear, album no, you'll so hear weird them. To me. You'll hear them later on, but but more importantly, you this song has that sort of Smashing Pumpkins dynamic where you have, you know, have sort of a heavier opening, and then as you go further and further along in the song, things slow down. You have that very soft dynamic. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit that there's like a type few one, types, type two, yeah, maybe this some type of type type That's the type one. This is this type is, one it's classic. A, it's especially apparent, and it's less, you know, just like beat, beating a dead horse in this album, just because it's the first time they're doing these same kind of songs over and over. Well, that, that's <laughs> but you know, uh, but it's the it's the same thing that's. That's actually my that's my big complaint. Right after the right after the first song, this song starts as pretty much the exact same tempo the exact same drum pattern it's not the same drum beat but the pattern's the same so it's like that same accent on yeah. the three you know uh, what this is reminding it's just me the second song is the first song over again and and yeah, from a production is. standpoint like there's just there's not a lot of dynamics like everything's slammed 20 layers of guitar so i already have a headache five minutes into the album again a great guitar solo on the track but i can't give it higher than a two you're sounding like such an old man right now. What's I have a headache already listening to the first song because it's too loud. It's, it's not about... It's too loud or too old. It's not a loud bro. thing. It's like a nuance and a dynamic thing. It's just... What's the name of this song? It's a Siva. Siva. It's interesting that... Uh, that none of the hosts of a, of a podcast about Smashing Pumpkins all pronounce the name yeah, of the song differently. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've heard him say it live. But... Um, that and there's also some religious connotations like to, Siva. to yeah. this song and the lyrics. That, that remind this whole thing reminds me. I forgot to rate Stubbs' comment. Oh yeah, the first that's right. Time. This time I'm already going to give it um, 
a five because it's really dumb. This whole like rating of the three types of songs. Well, their songs are all over. This album no, maybe. There's three. There's this three. album maybe. But there's so many variations. Nah, you've got the as melancholy proves. Melancholy proves. There's so many four. different types of songs. No, mel- there's the type one. Yeah. I but there's actually you had type one diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> there's the type two is the disarm, the acoustic kind of yeah, deal. And the I don't type think three there's is any the... type twos on this album. Mm-hmm. Maybe one. They're actually the last mm-hmm. track, but we'll get there. But there's actually another another sort of type, type three. that's out there. Um, we got the electronic adore that I think are my favorite Smashing Pumpkin yeah, songs, which is Drown and uh, Rhinoceros on this album, mm-hmm. which we'll I'd get say to Drown is type two. I think two? that's a, no? I think that's another sort of. So well, said, I, I don't know. So well, I enjoyed the second track. It's, it's not I, quite no. like the. This is an F. Driving, not an F plus though. Not an F plus. And why? Yeah. Why do you, do you at least see what I'm saying? It's kind of like, oh, there's another song by the band who just did. The I first do. Song. I kind of. I, I kind of like the opening riff, and I like the way that it blends in with the. Uh, I like how they you know take that opening riff and turn it into the verse. Noah just listens cool. to the opening riff over and over again. But I like the dynamic though. I like I like where the song goes. I like that softer dynamic as you get as you progress further and further. And I'm also comparing it to the later tracks on this album and it compares very favorably. I like this one. This is a great song. This is a I'll give this one a five. Yeah. Right off the bat. This is an F plus. Stubbs, what do you give that that second track, by the way? Uh, the second track was like a two. Tim uh, Love did. He was, gave it a five. <clears throat> this is rhinoceros, right? This yeah, is this rhinoceros. Is, yeah. This is like, jam yeah, right here. I like this guy. I'm say, I was but, talking know, trash on text about this album with Stubbs, and he just immediately said, "Look, man, rhinoceros is a great track, dude. Don't even think yeah. about it. I this just, is a great I just hook. Set you There's straight, great hook immediately. Was, well, you, if, Greg, you know, if you would have said you hated it, <laughs> it would have been the opposite. Like the opposite glass, the inverse glass. It's interesting that uh, That's your that you brought up the uh, that Noah you brought up the like jazz elements of uh, right. This, uh, the this smashing sounds like it's going to be interesting. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great setup. I'd like to see where this goes. <laughs> uh, you know, I I guess I never really heard that part of it, but uh, uh, someone else is here that knows jazz a little bit more. His name's uh, Eddie Bauer. <laughs> And so I think we should bring bring in Eddie. Uh, and I'm I, just gonna leave because I'm kind of sick of just getting ripped on. Well, this we don't have time. So hey, I'm not trying to be too hard on you, but we don't have any extra mics either. So it's you or Eddie Bauer. All right, like Eddie, are you are you into coming over here and being part of this rating system? He's been listening the whole time. So well, so you, Eddie, you know you have to raise your hand if you want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, hello. I I knew Stubbs from you know college and knew Tim too and hey, you know yeah, I like Smashing Pumpkins. Good to see you again. I uh, haven't seen you since college. When you yeah, got so we, we used to hang out. I didn't really enjoy. No, I mean I don't think I hung out with you very often. I didn't like hanging out with you or well. I was like Ryan. You were. I mean, you were kind of not fun to hang out with. I have to be honest. No, you were very into music, I, and it was like you were a very serious individual. Yeah, I, you know, I take my life really seriously, and I don't think that you really did at that time. I still don't. I'm doing a podcast and smashing pumpkins. But anyway, Eddie Bauer, yeah, your name. That's a huge uh, elephant in the room, right? I don't think it's a weird name. It's a lot of people are called Eddie Bauer. I think a lot of people wear the clothing for Eddie Bauer. I've never heard of that clothing line. Really? You've never heard of it? No. I didn't grow up with any of the your father wearing it ever? 
No, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't really come, I don't really, uh, I haven't really worked on the character or <laughs> the voice. Like, really? I can't tell. So hippopotamus, right? Yeah. All right. No. Rhinoceros. Or, uh, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. And we're back. We running out of gas here? I'll just throw it out there that I'd give this a three. Why would you give, I it, give it a three, three also? This is clearly the best song in the album. What was your what was your reasoning? Uh, I do like the slow build. I do feel like it reminds me of Drown a little bit from the single soundtrack. I like this tune. It's good. It shows that they have some versatility. They're not strictly type one. And uh, it brings an extra club in the in the bag, if you will. Well, I, I enjoy uh I do enjoy Rhinoceros quite a bit. Um it's another F, a solid F. And uh, I like the way it's got a great hook, and I like the way that builds into that crescendo at the end. This is Bury Me, track four. Oh, this song we has... We bury this track. No, yes. this song has a killer I like the solo riff. at the end. The riff at the end, right? Oh, well, I like the, I like the riff with... The, I like the harmonics in the, uh, in the main riff here. But Noah, what do you think of it? What do you give it as a score? And I like the, the palm muting on the, uh, at, at this portion of the song, too, is... It's what I'm talking cool. about though is like about three minutes in where he does that um, oh yeah that high yep. yeah, I, I got a couple things real quick really this, good. did this come out before or after Pearl Jam 10 this was 1991 because this is even flow on guitar Tim's going crazy there he's skipping ahead I think it came out after I, I, I put in my notes somebody ripped off somebody I think this album came out in May of 1991 yeah Per I think, Wikipedia, I think it came out then. Here we go. This is going to go in the really great riff that makes this song maybe a five. It's great drumming. The drumming is phenomenal. Love it. Love it. I mean, you're Billy Corgan and, and Butch Vig, and you have Jimmy Chamberlain there. There's really the possibilities are endless. Well, the harmonics of the guitars yeah. too. Right now, yeah. like these chords blended together, it sounds. There's really a lot good. of layering here. Ooh. Oh, this is a it. really good solo. Wow. Well, this is another F, actually, for wow. me as well. Oh, man. It's an okay riff, but it's not like Miles Davis. And ain't blowing Stubbs away. <laughs> you know Stubbs has a really devastating comment about this song, too. Lo- load it up. What do you got, Stubbs? What is your Fire favorite, away? What's favorite what's Miles Coltrane song? Stubbs, in the Stubbs tube right now. Here. This is Flood Eddie. the tube, Stubbs. <laughs> <laughs> This is Eddie Bauer, jazz expert. We're getting back to jazz aficionado, jazz Eddie Bauer, expert. <laughs> you know, I don't really see. I don't really listen to things in terms of songs. You know, I just listen to things in terms I'm of riff, and it all, the, but the, it all just comes together to me. You know, the like, tannins uh, of the song. It's 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 like when you're playing jazz. You know. It, you're you're just improvising based on what the other folks are doing. That's so, not that's, what these guys are doing, and so I'm not into it. I bet that solo was improvised. I bet Billy was in the, sol- the studio and just no, really. ripped that off. Yeah. Mm, all right. Well, I Eddie Bauer, I have good. a I got an issue with this one, Eddie. Uh, this this um, waka waka guitar scratching is very 90s, like early 90s to me. It's kind of pretty dated. I don't think it holds up. That. I like the bass. Waka waka. What do you mean this, by that? Hold on. Do let it. Let like it. Scat. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> scat. It's that yeah, very 90s I'm, funk. I'm into right scat. Here, listen, right? scat falls in the the, like, the realm of jazz. Here it comes. Yeah, it does. You know, when Louis Armstrong in his first uh, record, West End Blues, he invented hear that scat. in the left in the left channel. Waka waka yeah. waka. It's very 90s. That's what, it just doesn't hold up for me. Yeah, it's no scat. 
I mean, might as well be like the spin doctors or something. Well, Scat was that one well, dude that the only one saw. <laughs> well, you know, not well, really. This is no two princes. Oh. <laughs> well, um, Tim, Scat was more than just Scat Man song. I know that's what you might think of it as. but So, Eddie, what do you think? What Scatological. Do you think? What do you, what do you I think, think your comment was scatological, which means shit. Uh, I don't know what that means, but I know I like my I know I like my scats. Ski got ba do ba da, right? <laughs> Just like them handsome kids, bebop. Yeah, I like this. I like that. That that's Hanson, good. that Hanson riff is great. What do I think about this song? I don't know. I don't. It's not jazz, so it's like a two. Doesn't work for you. There was jazz chords earlier, though. We did establish that. We did. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to come seventh, in. That's why I wanted to come chords. and say and say that's not jazz. So I didn't you think that's that jazz. So Eddie, why wrong, didn't you right? come in earlier? When we were playing that song, you've just been sitting here looking at us the whole time. Why didn't you come in and talk about the jazz chords? Why are you coming in this weird time? Because uh, I was asked to come in to talk about the jazz specifically, and yeah, I thought this was, was that was earlier. Now it just kind of seems passe. No, all right, <laughs> Greg, I give this track a one. Okay, yeah. You don't. What, even all that stuff at the end, you know, they no, really switch it up at the, the end. The album drops off after three for me, hmm. pretty drastically, right off a cliff. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm actually I mean I like the riff. Wait till um, we get to snail and Tristessa. I'm a little ambivalent about this, so this gets an A. This is a an A rated song. Hey, no, what did you give the the uh, rhinoceros? Was that an F? F. Not yes. an F plus, huh? Not an F plus. F plus reserved for that's the highest echelon. And I'm just gonna ever. we're missing some. I'm just gonna fill in Stubbs, a bunch of twos, and Tim got some fives. All right, Eddie. Eddie, Eddie gave it a. Did, what did you think, Eddie? A one? I gave it a two. And what do we rate Stubbs' comment? How, can we rate Eddie, too, as a character? Yeah. Eddie is, an, is a D minus. <laughs> Which would be an A. a okay. In, uh, <laughs> in the Frank scale. I don't, grade, I don't grade people. I'm sorry. I'm not paying attention right now. I just have some <laughs> improvisations going on in my head. Oh, crush. Type two. Actually, uh, the, the good thing about this song is when, they, when uh, Billy slash... Darcy gives the bass slashes on this slash. That's it's a new Billy, Saul, Billy slash and Darcy. Saul, Saul Hudson. He's on this album. But I like. That's, I like. That's, Greg, that's Greg's new character. <laughs> Saul Hudson, stand-up <laughs> comedians. <clears throat> I like they take the bass for a walk it's at the Saul. beginning. Of, What's your character? I love a walking bass line. They take the bass for a walk at the at the beginning of the song. Actually, I love that. Can we hear that? Yeah. Actually, in in light arms, we switch instruments, and when Stubbs picks up that bass, I'm I know I'm always in for a nice walking bass line. I know that's why I like Stubbs. He's great jazz bass player. Where did he go? (laughs) Stubbs in here. Yeah. (laughs) I wish Stubbs could come back. Where's the Where's the walking bass line? So funny. The only guy that really likes to start the start the track, and you'll you'll hear it. I'm like, I'm like Stubbs is right oh, about yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know? I like the I like I like that they take the bass for walk, and that's that's the conclusion of my interest in this song. That's it. They get the walk. Wait, yeah. where, where's I'm the walk? Really I don't the... hear a walk here. All right, everybody, hear hold a on. Swing. Here's I don't the walk. Walk. Taking a walk up the fretboard. Yeah, but that's not a walking bass line. You know, not good enough for Eddie Bauer. Not good enough for jazz. Maestro Eddie Bauer. It's nothing. <laughs> Don't ask Eddie to explain why. Though. Don't ask. Hey, Charles Mingus, listen to it. <laughs> it's Eddie and his Wikipedia page of jazz. That that walking baseline reminds me of this like really great band. They have a uh, very similar walk up like that. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. It's almost like the same exact thing. 
This band, Lejeune, they're wonderful. If you go to lejeune.bandcamp.com or lejeunemusic.com, I think they're giving away all of their stuff for free. All right, great plug. <laughs> oh, Eddie, come, speak to me, Eddie. Don't mean a thing. Eddie's static. Got that swing. <laughs> Doodop, 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 scat. Yeah. <laughs> See if you stop talking about getting a master course in jazz plugging things right now from Eddie Bauer. Jazz. I'm actually buying into Eddie Bauer. If you just if stop oh, plugging your band yeah. <laughs> recording band camp websites. Maybe why Lejeune's giving away the music for free and not for $20 a pop is because they didn't respect no, jazz. We're the wave of the future. When they didn't learn from jazz. I didn't hear jazz in that music, all right? And I don't like it. There's some jazz for you, Eddie. Yeah, some drumming. Acid mm. jazz drumming. Is this is this Suffer? Yeah. The aptly named two, Suffer. Three, yeah. yeah, not a fan of yeah. Suffer. Skip. Do I even need to grade it at this I mean, point? This is that's an A. Once around the table it sounds like I actually bailed on the on the gradings. We missed so many. We're just gonna I, I did say the same thing. I think this... Ooh, it's this probably a great good, song. Before we jump into so. actually something good, that's kind of what I put in my notes. Is this this album, it's like, we come out swinging, and then it just kind of right. falls off a cliff, and he'll throw you like two life preservers, this next song being one of them, and then there's a life preserver later on towards the end. Which Tristessa I feel, is probably the life preserver. I feel the latter songs on this album are were jams that Billy said, you know what? I love jams. You know what would be cool if we just... Sang on we, top we, of these. We jams. brought up that point on a different podcast. If you go in your time machine and skip ahead or go. Oh, Noah's well aware. He he was a fan before he was. Well, an alternate in the alternate timeline. But it's right. like it's like on the, the melancholy uh, syndrome, where it's like every idea that pops into Billy's head has to somehow become a song on the album. And it turns out no, they whittled that true. thing down As from we, fifty yeah. to like twenty-five songs. So it wasn't every idea. He had fifty what, ideas. What's really th- that's right. More ideas. What's than a really song, interesting? Anything atonal. Keep it. Just go out there, man. Just jam. Keep it going. That's why. That's why I like Billy. You know, he just keeps it jamming. I thought you hated Billy a second ago. Well, because he can't swing. If he could swing, is that then part it would of be jazz, is that part of jazz right? about just being inconsistent, and not really saying anything at all? Yeah, that's part just of like it. You know, sounding like you're talking, but you're saying just words. Well, I mean, that's how some people take jazz. Some t- people take it with cream. Some people take it black. <laughs> and by cream, you mean the cash real estate. Around me podcast. And by cream, and by, I've heard that. By cream, he means podcast. Kenny G jazz, and then everything. And else. by jazz, you mean the Transformer jazz. By cream, <laughs> I mean white. <laughs> the horrible racist caricature <laughs> right. in the movies. So, so we all Great agree, character. suffer pretty no, much. Turn this that. off. Why, suffer. Why, why'd you go back to suffer? suffer perfectly no one named. wants to hear. Trying suffer. to help you edit. But here's, later. but here's the, but here's the interesting jazz. point is that they've got no you've Butch Vig producing this album. Who? I mean, what's he thinking? Putting these sleepers, right? <laughs> Classic. Grunchers. How did they get Butch Vig being relatively unknown? Maybe Butch, Vig was relatively unknown. Butch Vig was relatively unknown. Didn't make the he breakthrough produced, um, until Nevermind. And uh, well, this Simon is right Strange. around. This is wasn't this contemporaneous with Nevermind? Yeah, but Nevermind had I think it broke after this album was. Recorded. Oh, Nevermind then. Ne- Nevermind. <laughs> Damn, that's cutting yeah, edge. I'm doing a I'm, I'm doing a, a championship run off of that. Is that your character? Just like cutting. I have a character. Oh, yeah. Let's do another character. Since Eddie Bauer went over so well, let's do another one. I don't know why there's any characters. I like Eddie Bauer would dig over. There's only people. You're with the Wolverine right now. I've known Eddie since college, so. What was my character's name? I don't know. something. Saul Hudson. I'm on the podcast. I'm talking about Smashing Pumpkins. I like it. 
Riff, go, go. You know what? Hi, Eddie, let's do some back and forth. Let's workshop this thing. <laughs> it's always good to workshop All things right. live. You ever do improv, Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> Whose line is it anyway? I, I don't this understand. Is, I'm just trying nah. to be on this podcast. This is a, I, you know what's odd about this song is I was watching that Jason Bateman movie Bad Words. You ever hear see that yes. movie? Yeah, that was okay. At the very end of the movie, over the credits, they play this song. Very random. It's pretty random and weird. Yeah, yeah really. I'm guessing good. Jason Bateman's just a huge Pumpkins fan, too, and Snail being his favorite song, he's like, put it on at the end. So he has the power. He selects the soundtrack. That's sure. how that works. He has star power. That's true. He says, I'm not going to be in your film oh, you know unless what? you put... It was his film. Jason Bateman directed that movie. There you go. So it probably did. He demanded Billy, and he paid Let, off Let's take it. a lesson from Noah and look that up on Wikipedia. It's not going to say who chose the song for the soundtrack. Then you add it. That's true. <laughs> Add it right now. That's the power of Wikipedia. Ooh. This is this, the other good one. This is the life preserver. I feel like at this point... This they, is Tristessa. Yeah, this is a great song. And But again, it's the same drum intro as the first song, but that's fine. You know, whatever. You go to that well two or three times an album. It's fine. Noah, what do you think of this one? This is my life preserver. I think this killer is like, tune. Yeah, like thank killer God tune. we've 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 waded through this, this sea of boring. And they they thought so too because this was uh, one of the other singles released off this album. Oh, back to the what? sea of boring. A is this window way to end an album? Window pane. Yeah, I like how it's spelled P A I N E. It's like I wanted window pane. But that was a little too much. Yeah. It was a little too tacky. So let's just throw the E on there, and uh, we're, we're all good. We can throw it back. Yeah, in that's now. true. He might as well just, like you're saying it so stupidly anyway. It's like window pane. <laughs> I mean, window pane is a great name for. It, that's a great name for a band. Great name for a jazz song. This is a very psych- psychedelic rock feel to it, doesn't it? Kind of like the little Jefferson Airplane, where you've got that slow build. I would love it yeah. if it was instrumental. But it doesn't really. It goes, doesn't go anywhere. Doesn't really. Uh, to me, it never is, gets there. To me, loud. this is like your typical sort of live. Everybody like, go live get a beer. Show. Everybody right. go get a beer. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Let's go check out the merch table again. This is when you go to the jazz show next door. Depends on what kind of light show you got behind. You know, going on behind there. Like if you've got some real crystal uh, laser lights. Jazz shows don't have lights. The jazz I shows know, have that's, lasers. That's, that's yeah. the no. I don't. I, that's why I go to rock shows is to see the, the laser lights, but not to hear the music. Do you no, play, I don't. So you I play, hate the music. Do you play I jazz on your iPhone, iPod? Why? I just go to see. Show? I know I would love to see a jazz show with some light shows, <laughs> but they don't have them. So that's why I go to the rock shows. This, well, listen, Eddie, Eddie, can I ask you a question? What, yeah. <laughs> what jazz clubs do you frequent? I love Twins. I love uh, the Jazz Loft. I go to the Bohemian <laughs> Caverns. A lot, oh, you know, like the jazz, there. the jazz loft. What's that one down on P Street? Sounds hard. Sounds pretty hard. With P Street, is it an underground <laughs> jazz space um, or is it uh, is it more I know, mainstream? I know it is, but I think it's too mainstream for Eddie. <laughs> okay, he doesn't. It's, it's too mainstream for Eddie. Yeah, I don't think. I, yeah, I mainly go to the loft. The loft. <laughs> Are we still rating these songs or no? Yeah, it's a one. All right, yeah, that's, that's an that's, A minus. Actually, an A minus. Yeah, that's a bad one. Now there is there is one more. And now I, this is a kill. I, I might a, blow some minds here and say that this, this is the best song on the album. Yeah, the you first know, half of it. You know what the, about this song too is that it's got that sort of definitive acoustic style that Billy likes playing, which is that sort the, of staccato. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
This is um, a great song. The first half. This is like a disarm style. Yep. And great choice to have D apostrophe RC <laughs> sing this song. Why do you think it's so great? I'm a sucker for those chords. Yeah, you know? like me too. Those major chords. I love chords. them too, but I love the the vocal so melody. Boring. Yeah. It's a, oh, the production's so great too. I like those wispy kind of vocals. Yep. Greg, did yeah. I hear you say this is your favorite track in the whole record? The first half. This song had a five for me, and this then the you get that half. break, and then you get the Billy Corgan comes in, and it's like almost probably recorded in a different session. Like sonically, it's very mid range. It hurts my ears. Sorry, now, I sound don't... like an old man, Tim. But it, I mean, you are an old man. It so. hurts my ears. Isn't like too. isn't Billy coming in later on, kind of like Her Majesty with with at the end of Abbey Road. Wait, Billy comes in singing. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a break there's a in the song. It's almost like two songs. I guess it's like, I, I it's never like make the end it, of Abbey Road. I really when, never uh, make it through Paul this comes song. in with her majesty. Let me jump ahead. Her majesty is living as good, but she got that break, right. and then this starts. And it's this, basically Billy's oh. like, "Look, I, I let you think no, that song, no, no, but let's no. let's remember who's you guys. Whose band that's this the is. hidden track. Right? We were talking about. It's all coming full circle now. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, okay. This is a different song. I'm saying that's all. That's a different this song. Flat circle so has now right, but snake it's track ten on the album. Tim, the snakeheads have met, and they're eating. Yeah. They're this is why you got to put your hidden track in the hidden groove of the vinyl or on track zero. Right, because it's still listed as Dry Dream under the iPod. There. Well, but that's like that. Tons of CDs did that back in the day. Like uh, they had like ten minutes go or something, and then the song kicked up, and there was. But there's got to be some fast forwarding between it. You do like I remember yeah. STP had this one was record real like, short uh, though. But I, I, I really this wish was like ten seconds. I really wish they had just ended with yeah, Daydream. Just ended it. It would have been a nice note to hey, go out on. I wish they would have ended with Snail. If you ask me, there's nobody out there saying Tim, thank not God they put this track on the album. Actually, I wish they never started it. So Tim, what Tim, what's your evaluation of uh, of that song of Daydream? Uh, that's totally boring. I would just like left it off the album completely. I, I, it's like we're yeah. listening. It's like we're listening to two different albums. It's now. almost like this is like the this is like the Bizarro World Flower Sees the Hour podcast because I I've never this heard is a very bizarre. Episode. We've got it's, Jimmy Dean or whatever his name is over here, the jazz guy. Well, come What's on, his name. I, I've known this guy for a long time, Eddie Bauer. Eddie Bauer. <laughs> Be respectful to our guest. Stubbs left. Stubbs. Like, so we have gone. no negative comments no, from Stubbs. He's back. He's just been over He's been there tweeting tomorrow. me. <laughs> I think Matt left a while ago, too. I'm not sure. Matt checked yeah. out. When Eddie Bauer came, Matt checked out. Yeah. I had a lot of... <laughs> I had about three Red Bulls, so I won't shut up. My overall impression of the record, sophomore, I would say. And also, it's just a bunch of squealing guitar solos. It's more like... It's a crazy rock album. It's not like the <laughs> grandeur of the later albums. Yes. Yeah, it's not the jazziness of the later albums. It's like every song is just like too rock and roll for me. And they don't, they don't Me too. I agree completely. I I love rock and roll. I love the good times rock and roll, right? Oh, like, oh, I don't agree. We with also that. do a Bob Seger podcast. I was going to say yeah, I was going to ask about Bob. And he, that podcast is on hiatus right now. But um mm. I don't know, it just doesn't pull it off for me for the most part. Though I do like a lot of the parts of songs. Um all right. I just pulled up uh uh, a review of Gish from All Music. A and recent I, review or an old review? Uh, I, there's, because they there's no date stamp on this review, <laughs> but <laughs> but it but it does sort of echo some of the comments that we're we're hearing around the table here. And I, I won't read it in in its entirety, but I will uh, I'll just state that um, there are music moments such as the rushing Siva 
or however it's that's pronounced. Um, Siva. Siva. And the folky Daydream, which features Darcy on lead vocals, demonstrate the Smashing Pumpkins potential, but the rest of Gish falls prey to undistinguished songwriting and showy instrumentation. Just what I said. Oh my God. Signed, Tim. But that's what Sign I Sign Edward G. Bauer. Signed. That's what I love about it. But that's though. the toughest crowd. I mean, no, I, no, when are you going to please no, Eddie I'm, Bauer? No, I'm saying I love this album. I, I love this album because of its undistinguished songwriting <laughs> and musical technicality. It's a lot of riffs. You can't even tell that they're songs. They just go on. They drivel on for a long time. You have some improvisations. Kind of like this podcast. Oh, and then there's and then there's Jimmy Chamberlain. Bop, 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 bop. And then you've got Billy Corgan. And then you've got Darcy on the bass holding it down with that walking bass. I mean, bass really, line. Billy's oh, playing that bass, though. Billy's playing all that. Time, the term jazz know. hands did originate with Jimmy Chamberlain. Yeah, that's he's flaming, flaming <laughs> fast jazz actually, based on. Actually, it was 1928 New Orleans. <laughs> Jazz Hands McGee came up <laughs> at, the jazz jazz McGee. Hands. at the Jazz That's Loft. That was his name, yeah. The Jazz Loft in New Orleans. Is, is Stuart Street. Jazz Hands McGee. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for showing up today to redo Gish. No matter what you do, no matter what this you is, say. This is our outro song. I'd like to say goodbye to everybody. I'd like to thank Greg for producing once again. I'd like to thank Matt for uh, being here for half the episode. I would like to thank our guest, Noah. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, Stubbs will hear this later on. I'd like to say thank you, Stubbs, somewhat for being here. And I'll tell them later. I'll Eddie, tell them later. Um, we'll see you maybe on the street sometime. I, I love being here. I think if I, I'll be in all the other episodes. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I mean, we'll I'll see you. Every... We'll, how about we just say goodbye? How about we'll, next how about episode? We... Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> I'll see you next episode. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. Got you in the streets playing games.